Hello, friends. This is episode 894 of the Juice Box Podcast. Good news. Erica Forsyth is back. Erica, of course, a licensed marriage and family therapist from California. You can learn more about her at ericaforsyth.com. Today, the conversation between Erica and I begins with the idea of fault. People wanting to know why something happened. Why did I get diabetes? Why did my child get diagnosed? That sort of thing. The conversation grows from there. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 and a U.S. resident, please complete the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This simple survey takes about 10 minutes to do, and your answers move diabetes research forward. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go complete the survey, please. And don't forget, if you want 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com, use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by AG1 from Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Today's show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. You can get 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. I was wondering if we could very specifically talk about the fault that I hear people talk about. Um, My child has type 1 diabetes. And I have a thyroid thing, so it's my fault. Or my husband's aunt has RA, and now my kid has blah, blah, blah. It's his fault. Or, you know what I mean? Like, the fault mm-hmm. the fault that gets addressed, um, it seems so... It just seems like it happens to everybody. Like, I don't think I've ever met a person who hasn't thought... Why did this happen? Whose fault is it? And it's a strange way to think to me, but it's so common. So I wanted to ask you about it. Yes, it is common. I think as parents, I think you said this a long time ago, one of our first episodes that, you know, when as a parent, you don't have your child and think, when is my child going to get sick? Or when is my child going to be diagnosed with a chronic illness? So you have this mindset and hope that your child will be healthy. And then the first time the child gets injured or the first time that your child gets sick, it's surprising and shocking. But then we also automatically as parents, I think, want to find responsibility in ourselves or somebody else or something else because it's painful, it's shocking, it's surprising. And you're not starting out as a parent with that mindset. So I... I can almost get wanting to blame somebody else. That almost makes sense to me. (laughs) But why do people relish in it being their fault? That happens. Like they, 
want it mm-hmm. to like uh, want it's the wrong word. I don't know where I'm going with this exactly. There are just a lot of people who want to tell you this is my fault. But I've I've said it a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. I've never once heard somebody say, "Oh, you have blue eyes. That's my fault." They take credit for that, right? Like, "Oh, I I you get the blue eyes from me. You get that cheekbone from me. You get that jawline from me." Oh, you fart after dinner. That's your mother's fault. Like, like you know, what I mean? like why? Why does it? Like, why do people? Why do you think that's important to people? That's my question, I guess. Important. That's an interesting word choice. I think it might be their tendency or nature um, when things feel out of control or chaotic. People sometimes have kind of an automatic default way of thinking or believing. And for some it's, I'm going to blame myself. I'm going to shame myself. um, Or I'm going to blame or shame others. But this focus on a life feels chaotic. I feel out of control. And so my automatic, this is how I function is I'm going to blame myself and find and try and find reason, right? Like I think people want to find an explanation. And when there is no true sign, you know, explanation, it may be just their nature to place blame on themselves. So do you think that's something that everyone has like innately, or do you think there are some people who would never have this conversation? Like, do you think there are some people who would never once think like, oh, whose fault is this? They're like, I'm my wife put it on herself because there were um, autoimmune things on her side of the family and I'm adopted. So of course we don't have a ton of knowledge. So I get to pretend that there's no way any of this would be for my side of the family, which is ridiculous. Um, but I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I've never once cared and I do think you you are really getting to know me because I said important and and you were like that's an interesting word it's an interesting word because I don't understand why anybody cares I really don't I don't know how this would like when I see people online put so much effort into trying to find out why even the conversations forget like whose fault like the conversations about like well I need to know what happened Right. Like that's fat. That one's like, you know, yes. look, oh my God. Uh, well, they got COVID and then they got diabetes. It had to have been that. Uh, okay. You still have diabetes. Or I mean, my daughter had hand, foot, mouth. Then she got type one. Mm-hmm. We assume that's what it was, but we weren't like Columbo and around trying to figure it out. It just all sort of fit, you know, the amount of people I see put a lot of effort into that. Like I need to know what happened. I don't understand that either. I think a similar analogy could be, so let's say this, there's there's milk spilled on the carpet. Mm-hmm. One parent might look at that and say, all right, who spilled the milk? Who did it? You're going to have to come here and clean it up and fix it. But I want to know who, how did this happen? And how did this get here? And then a different parent might say, oh my gosh, there's milk spilled on the rug, carpet, whatever. Let's clean it up. Let's move on. We need to hurry up. Let's clean this up and move on. And so I think there's the same analogy of, or, you know, wondering, is it important to find out how the milk got there or is it more important just to clean it up and move forward? Mm -hmm. And I think that might be from your nature, from your 
upbringing from your, uh, you know, all the automatic thinking, it might be important to some people. And I think it would be hard to make a generalization, but I, I could generalize that there are people who want to know how it got there and there are people who just want to clean it up. Do you need to know so that you can ascribe fault so that you have a place to focus your anger? Because I still don't understand what happens once you know. Right. And by the way, you know why I love you? I have two words written down on my whiteboard in front of me. Two. <laughs> and nothing else for this whole conversation. It says, move on. Because I thought, well, this conversation, when you and I get done hashing it out, we're going to need to tell people, how do you move forward from this? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then you just said it. I was like, this is why I picked Erica. And so, um, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> no, please. Thank you. Are you kidding? Um, but, but seriously, like once I know, okay, let's say I can figure it out. Um, my daughter, I definitely took her to a ball pit at a McDonald's when she was blah, blah, blah. And she <laughs> bumped into a little kid with a snotty nose that gave her hand, foot, and mouth. And then six weeks later, she had type 1 diabetes. I know that now. So, so what? Like, what do I do with that? Like, I don't know why I would mine up all that information. It doesn't get me anywhere. It doesn't change anything. So someone might say, Ugh, it's a more ascribing blank. So you could say, oh, if only we didn't go to the McDonald's to that ball pit and she didn't get hand foot. If only, so kind of living in the past, trying to make sense of why things happened, going back to the, the blame blame and shame game yeah. that some people really struggle with and it's painful. Mm. Um, and working out, as you said, is it the emotions that you're trying to work out, the anger, the sadness, the confusion, the shock? So what do you do with all of that? You can let it out or are you trying to make sense of it and say, oh, shame on me. We went to the McDonald's and she got sick. If, if only we hadn't done that, she wouldn't have gotten hind foot mouth and she wouldn't have had type one, you know, that yeah. type of thinking. I mean, I get that type of thinking, but, but I don't get where they don't add the next part, which is that something else just would have happened. Like it's mm -hmm. not, a, it's, it's type one diabetes. It's not a quarter on the ground that like you didn't, you didn't find the only one, like it was coming, you know, one it way or the coming. other. Right. Um, by the way, I made up the whole McDonald's in the ball pit thing, just in case. Oh, okay. People but <laughs> I just thought of the most disgusting things I could think of and ball pits was right at the top. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I hadn't heard that story before. No, 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 no. I completely made that up. When you recounted it, I was like, Oh God, she thinks I'm telling a story from my actual life. I did. Um, but, <laughs> but so I don't, I don't understand like, okay, now I know. Let's say it's the kid at the ball pit. I can be mad at that, or I can blame myself for going. Mm -hmm. but, but I don't know where that gets us. Like, why Why does my brain not let me want to be mad like that? I can't, even when my wife's a real asshole, and Erica, this could happen, I never have a desire to be mad at her. Mm -hmm. Never. I'm not mad at my kids ever. I'm not... I don't know. Like, and I grew up with people who were mad at each other constantly. And I just think I just like, I saw enough of it to go, okay, well, this is not a valuable use of time. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to morph and change and things are going to happen out of your control. I don't know that being angry about any of it is valuable or, and I'm sure I've done things wrong. Like, I mean, I'm more than sure. I mean, I could probably sit down and make a list. Right. But, um, if I look back on my life, I think, well, I've done a bunch of things wrong. Sure. But my kids are here. Everybody's warm, safe, eating. 
Mm-hmm. What was it going to go perfectly? Like, was I never going to make a mistake? Like, that doesn't make sense to me either. I don't know. All these episodes are just about what I don't understand. <laughs> well, I think what you just said in the middle of that was somewhere along the line, you learned that holding anger or trying to place blame wasn't helping, right? It's it, it, For some, it might feel like it's serving a function of trying, going back to the control piece of trying to make sense of why things happened. And if you're trying to place blame on yourself or others or other outside forces, it's a, you know, you're trying to figure out how could I have controlled these variables? Could I have controlled these influences, environmental stressors, all these things to prevent and protect my child from getting diabetes. And so I think it's a process of letting go of that, which is really painful that we aren't in control of everything. That, that is it, right? Like that, there's something about me and how I grew up that lets me think that I am a piece of dust floating through the universe that one day just won't exist anymore. And I'm completely okay with that. And everyone else wants there to be, well, not everyone else, but a lot of people want there to be big reasons for things like that, that I guess I didn't, I didn't consider, but I'm, I'm okay being meaningless if that, if that makes any sense, like it's okay with me. Like I even think of like, you know, if you, if you were to say when people die, this is horrible. I'm using the basic example I can think of when people die, I think, Oh gosh, that's sad for the people who knew them. But I've never felt sad about it. Like if a person dies Mm -hmm. that I don't know, I go, Oh, what a tragedy in in their sphere. Right. Um, It's meaningless to me. Like, you know, there's statistics. How many people die every day? That person was one of those people. If it would have been my mom, then it's horrifying. If it's me, I guess I don't care. But I guess the people around me would know. And okay, Uh good, right? I just don't see why I can't make sense of why it matters. Because, oh, God, am I going to say something like me? I'm going to say something deep that's going to sound stupid. I, I don't think anything matters. To some degree or another. Like, I think you just do the best you can and you help people as much as you can and you garner as much happiness and love out of life as possible and then ride that as long as you can. And then, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, you know, uh-huh. like, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know how this got here. And then, yeah, we went. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting into some deeper topics. I think perhaps in. Maybe generalizing out of that is, you know, what, how do you find purpose in your life? Do you have a belief in a higher being? Do you find what is your purpose in life? Um, And perhaps some of that line of thinking, you know, is there, is there afterlife, you know, all all of that, you know, what is my Mm -hmm. purpose in life basically? And why am I here? And if you have that, maybe your, your mindset is, nothing matters. You're going to do the best you can live, love and serve, right. Um, Mm -hmm. others, excuse me, then it doesn't matter to you why things happen or how things happen. You're just going to face them one moment at a time. I feel like everything's that way though. Like you're on a step, you can't see the step above you. It doesn't mean it's not there, right? Cause you might get to it at some point. So if you ask me, you almost just did. Do I believe in a higher power? 
Uh-huh. I would say no, unless there is one, and then I definitely would. <laughs> but but for this moment, do I think if I went up the next step, I'd see Buddha, God, Hare Krishna, whatever? I, I I don't think I would. But if I did, I'd be like, huh? Well, that's really cool, you, you know. And then, but I don't think it matters because I try to live my life as if they do exist. So it doesn't matter to me if they exist or don't exist because I'm doing what I would be doing if I believed in them anyway, if that makes sense. But I also don't think I'm smart enough to think that I know. So, I mean, I'll be the first one. If I shut my eyes and open them back up and I'm standing in front of gates, I'll be like, get out of here. (laughs) 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 This is nuts. I'd be like, hey, everybody. (laughs) I didn't think this was here. (laughs) Like, I would definitely, and then I'd be like, right on, like, let me see what's up. Like, in that'd be it. Like if I don't say that there's not a God, I say that if you made me choose, if you told me, Scott, you have $5,000 in the whole world. And I know the answer to this question. You have to bet your five grand. I'm going to go. I haven't seen any existence of God. I'm going to bet against it. And then if it was there, I'd say, Oh, wow. I was wrong about that. I don't, I don't, I'm not angry if there is one. I think that'd be terrific. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't see it. So I don't spend time thinking about it. And what's the point of this is that you can live like it's not there, but live like it is there at the same time. So you have the freedom of not being beholden to something. Like maybe you, and what am I saying? You can act right for the sake of acting right. Like, I don't think there's no rules that are making me help people with a podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. or that, um, I don't know, make me hold a door for somebody or all the other things that I think I do that I probably don't go noticed outside of my bubble during the day. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't expect to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, what I think we went, we got here by, you know, what drives you, what is your purpose and what matters? And in your your mindset and belief system is that you're you're doing the best you can you do you're you're doing what you can each day but you don't you're not looking backwards too much and you're not looking forward too much either you're kind of just you're going yeah moment to moment doing the best you can i'm well intended i don't have um i try not to regret things and i just think you know have good intentions Follow them as closely as you can. Doesn't always go right. And keep moving. So if I did take Arden somewhere that got her sick and she got diabetes when she was two, but if I just didn't go there that day, she might not have gotten it until she was five. I mean, that's a lot of like assumption. You know what I mean? And so sort of probably why I brought the God thing up. Like, I'm not going to spend time making those assumptions. If they're true, that's fine. I mean, if I get to the end and somebody pulls out like a dossier and they're like, yeah, no kidding here. You did take her to the thing that got her sick. And it uh, turns out, had you not gone there that day, you it wouldn't have happened until she was eight years old. I would be like, oh, shit. well, that sucks. <laughs> but I don't know what to do about that. You, you know what I mean? Like everything to me is about what do you do next? Right. That, that just seems to be what life is to me. Right. And so with this fault piece around why do parents often find fault in themselves when their child is diagnosed or gets sick or injured? Um, I think connecting to the either the God, higher power, control piece, who's who 
Are you in control of your own destiny? Mm-hmm. Can you protect your children from everything? Can you prevent all harm? I think we we can't. And as parents, it's that is what we're learning each day. You know, as our children, we let them out into the world and they fall and and you know scratch their knee is the first moment. You're like, oh, I can't protect my child from everything. But you weren't gonna. You're not gonna sit there and say, "Gosh, I shouldn't have let them go to the park." Yeah. But I think on this grander scale, when maybe we can connect some dots to autoimmune connection, or we can connect some some dots um, on larger, you know, some traits or you know, genetic markers. Um, there's connection, but I think the fault piece is tricky, right? We can say, well, of course, yeah, there is some connection, some genetic markers and lineage through these autoimmune issues through our, our, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles. Um, but did we control that? Did we create our own, you know, genetic markers? Well, yeah. Cause you could start getting really deep into bizarre mm-hmm. thoughts. Like for instance, um, I'm not saying I track my kids, but I can see where my kids' phones are. So last night, <laughs> I could see Arden moving at a speed that indicated she was in a car on a highway. And she's away at school. She's 14 hours by car away from here. And I did not think, oh, God, what if I saw the dot stopped abruptly and I realized Arden was in a car accident? What would I do? And I thought I would call 911 and then get on a plane. Not, I shouldn't have let her go to college. You know what I mean? Because the truth is, is I might not make it. Like Erica, I might walk, I might leave here when we're done and fall down the stairs. And then I'm old. I hope not. That'll totally kill me if I fall down the stairs. (laughs) There's no way I'll be able to hold up that. So I fall down the stairs. Do you think my 80-year-old mom somewhere is going, oh, I shouldn't have let him have a family? He shouldn't have, if he wouldn't have got married and made those babies and, you know, bought a place to live and then he wouldn't have stairs to fall down because we were broke. We didn't have stairs anywhere. <laughs> we, we lived mm-hmm. on one level, Erica. So it's like, there's, that would be a ridiculous thing to do. So mm-hmm. I just don't, there's no way I would do that. If, if I, I'm just going to come out and say something ridiculous right now, if Arden died right now in a car accident, I wouldn't regret anything that happened to her. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to point as much as I can to the first year of the podcast to a woman who came on. Her name was Lyndall Hover, and she came on because her son, who had type 1, died in college. He got sick, and I think he fell asleep, and he just died in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was a hor- I mean, it was the first year of the podcast. Like, like, It was a horrible conversation. I have chills thinking about it now. I don't remember anybody's name. This woman has a, a different name. It sticks out to me like this. But during the conversation, she said, I don't regret anything because he lived for, I forget, 21 really amazing years. And would I have preferred him to live three times as long? And she said, yes, but not if it was at a, not if it was, if we were limiting his life. And I Mm -hmm. thought, and that's just sort of how I think about it. Like, do the best you can today, have good intentions. Hopefully you won't fall down the stairs. And if you do, you you can't look backwards, right? You just have Mm -hmm. to sort of keep going. Hey guys, just jumping in to remind you that one of our sponsors, BetterHelp, is offering 10% off your first month of therapy when you use my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. 
BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It is 100% online, boasts over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists, and you can talk to them however you want, text, chat, phone, or on video. You can actually message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash juicebox. Save 10% on your first month. One of the first things I do every morning is take AG1 from Athletic Greens. You could do this as well. You could build a foundation for better health with AG1. Use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box to get started today. When you do, you'll also unlock an offer to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's on top of your AG1. Come on. AG1 supports immunity, boosts energy, helps recovery, and promotes gut health. I take it because I'm afraid that my diet doesn't quite include all of the vitamins and nutrients that it should, and AG1 helps me to feel better every day. I tried a handful of other green drinks before coming to AG1. Uh, one of them, I won't mention the name, tasted like what I imagined feet would taste like if you made it into a drink. AG1, however goes down nice and easy and my palate is hard to uh, get along with so that really is saying something ag1 from athletic greens contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health of course, to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do to get that offer is visit my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Once again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to AG1 and all the sponsors. I imagine that she probably went through a grief process, though, you know, in that to get to arrive at a place to say that. And I think, go, you know, not looking back and placing blame on ourselves as parents or, you know, as caregivers or trying to find fault, that that's all part of the grieving process. Yeah. So maybe you, I don't know if you did that a little bit when she was diagnosed, when Arden was originally diagnosed, but I know that that is really common for caregivers that I meet with, you know, gosh, what could, how could we have prevented it? How did we, how did we miss the signs or I thought this is our fault? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought like, I mean, I'm a stay at home dad, right? I thought like, what did I do that put us in this position? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, that's silly. And then I didn't think about it anymore, (laughs) but I get the idea. I, I do think I had a thought earlier. Uh, where is it at right now? I wish I could access it in my head. Um, that being able to, let me see if I can talk myself to it, being able mm-hmm. to find the cause and point to it, it does offer relief, I guess. And it's it, it, the control piece, like, like at least that wasn't, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. But, but then uh, if I were to argue somebody out of that, I'd say, well, you picked the guy or the girl that you got married to and made the baby. And there was something about your juice and his juice that made a baby that got diabetes. So it turns out if you would have just gone out with the guy from 11th grade instead of the guy from 12th grade, none of this might have happened. Like we, yeah. can, we can, we can do that forever. 
Like it's just it's not valuable, mm-hmm. and people get caught in it like like mm-hmm. badly, and and it it ruins um, years of people's lives. And that's why I brought it up because I watch people do it every day. Yes, yes. Or they, um, I can hear it conversely, I thought I was doing everything right, living healthy, eating healthy, exercising, you know, keeping my mind, this is for maybe the more Lada um, people, people with Lada who I work with, saying, I, I was doing everything right. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and so still trying to find, yes, we're trying to find, yes, I think the relief, trying to find reasons, explanations as to how something painful and sudden can happen. Yeah. We just, I think, but human nature, we want to find an explanation for hard things. Yeah. And part of the pain is most often we can't find clear explanations. And then that forces us to process Am I in control? Why do bad things happen? And how am I going to face with this, quote, bad thing, this hard thing? Yeah. You're not in control of anything. Like, not big picture stuff. Because if you skip, if you if if you date, I don't know, if you, you married this person, but you could have married the next one or the one before, you don't know what would have happened when you, those two people got together. Like, you know, who knows? I, it's just, it's it's all bad. Listen, I, I know it's a, a, a an audio... Um, medium, but my children are so much more athletic and attractive than I am that there are days when I'm like, they're definitely like the mailman's. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way, there's no way those are my kids. And if you would have looked at me and my wife and been like, hey, you'll probably give birth to a girl who looks like a model and a kid who played college baseball, I'd have been like, that's not going to happen. And then it did, which is crazy. Think of all the famous hot people whose kids are ugly. Sorry, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh! Like, like seriously, they tried to control it. Super hot guy marries super hot girl. Kid comes out homely, and you go, "What else could I have done?" <laughs> Eric is not going to agree with any of this, but trust me, it's a great example for our conversation. <laughs> like, those are those are people who, who they tried to. They tried and it still didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, you don't know when you're 18 years old and you you, you come by and you're uh, your girlfriend, you're picking your girlfriend up, and the mom is sitting over in the corner and she's rubbing her hands, going, "Oh, my hands hurt again." You don't know that's like, "Oh, hey, that's an autoimmune disease. Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> like, 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 don't make a baby with this one. And like, 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 there's you're not going to know that. And to put that on yourself afterwards. Also, I think of this. For all the people who torture themselves about it, ask them if they would, if they could go back in time and not have the baby, would they do that? And no one says yes to that. Mm -hmm. No one ever. I ask people constantly. No one ever says yes. Like not, not just get rid of the diabetes. Just the person just doesn't exist anymore. And if the answer to that isn't yes, then I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about then, because if it's not that bad, then this is just what you got, and here we go. You know, Does that makes sense. I think what one of the myths of um, you know, living in the land of if if only, right? If only I had married this person, or if only we hadn't gone to McDonald's, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the myth of that thinking is that 
the if only da da da, da is going to be better than the reality you're facing now. Right. And that, and that's how we, yeah, as you said, torture ourselves of thinking, if only I had gone left instead of right, then this wouldn't have happened. But if only I, if I had gone left, then that could have happened and that could have been worse. Yeah. But we, we trick ourselves in thinking that it's, it's the alternative is better. And not only that, but then it sticks you in a position. Like there's no moving on then. Like the amount of people who I've heard tell me, you know, if, in their 40s and 50s. Oh, I think back to when I was 18. And this is like, I don't know, people, are, we're not supposed to talk like this. But um, I think back to when I was 18 and my mom said I was fat. And I think I would kill to look like that now. Like mm-hmm. that that feeling. But it sticks with you. The first time it says it, your mom says, oh, don't worry. Are you wearing that? You know, like, or th- yes. really? You think this? Now you're stuck, right? And then you move forward five years and 10 pounds. And you look back and you go, oh, what was I doing? And then you move forward 20 years and 10 more pounds. You look back, oh, my God. I was, you know, In the meantime, you're the one not leaving the space. And you mm-hmm. just create these hazy patches of your life where you're not fully being yourself, busy trying to get back to, the, to step one all the time. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, I see the connection to it, to what you just said of just holding yourself in a spot over and over and over again, instead of getting through it or past it or around it or whatever you have to do to let it go, because it will follow you right into your grave. And then what do you do if you close your eyes and they don't open back up again? Like all that time's wasted then. And, and I'm, I'm believing I'm seeing this happen um, with people around diabetes, uh, type two and type one, just, you know, what did I do? What did I eat? Uh, what did I sneeze on? You know, why did I marry this person? Like, why did I just, you got to let it go. I mean, it's just, yes. And and the, the lies that if only I hadn't done this or that, then I would be happy or happier, right? That, that is a distortion, a lie that we believe. And it's ultimately preventing you from processing the true feelings in those moments of, Anger, sadness, shock, disbelief, you know, all of those initial grief emotions post diagnosis or any other trauma that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you move on, you know, going back to the, your, your way of your kind of mindset, the, the milk spilled on the, the you know, just the rug clean, yeah. of okay how do we how do we clean this up how do we move forward well we can be we can be frustrated maybe there's going to be a stain there maybe you're going to be sad um and that's okay mm-hmm. but the and what we cover that primary emotion with the blame and the and the shame so allowing yourself that space to be like gosh i'm so disappointed that this happened i'm so angry and i i do want to find an explanation but i'm ultimately how do I get to a place of peace without having an explanation or without realizing that no one's really at fault? It's also very doable because when I was very young, I, I mean, I wouldn't be making the same podcast I am now, right? Like, so I'm a different person now. And as luck may have it for this conversation this weekend, I took a small chicken and uh, seasoned it and put it in the oven and (laughs) um, had a little liquid in it and, it was almost done cooking, Erica, when the glass pan that it was in exploded. Oh my gosh. And I have to tell you that about 25 years ago, 
the pan would have exploded and I would have cursed for 20 minutes. <laughs> Every bad <laughs> word I could think of, I would have cleaned it up while I was cursing. I would have cursed each mm. little piece of the glass, everything. I just looked and I went, huh, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I pulled the chicken out of it, <laughs> put it off to the side. My wife like, what are you going to do with that chicken? I'm like, I'm going to check it for glass. I'm still eating it. If yeah. <laughs> like, and I, and I, I sopped up all the water and I cleaned up the oven and I cleaned up the glass and I vacuumed everything up and mopped everything up and checked the chicken and it didn't have any glass on it. I put it on a different <laughs> pan, not a glass one, and I shoved it back in the oven and then I ate it later. And... um not, nothing's different in the end, whether I would have yelled or screamed or been upset or thought like, because I have, can I tell you something? I hate that we own glass cookware. I've hated it for 20 years. I've never said anything about it. I thought it was a misstep and it took 20 years for me to be right, Erica, but I was right. <laughs> but it didn't, but there was no reason for me to say it. There was no reason for me to be upset by it. You know how many chickens I put in that thing? It didn't break. So I was uh -huh. like, yeah, all right. Fair's fair. <laughs> I don't know. so you didn't go around and say aha no and that's not what i would have said back then i would have been like mother <laughs> goddamn chicken mess son of a bitch <laughs> why me <laughs> but i just don't feel that way anymore uh -huh. like i just i don't i don't know why i i mean i think i outlined it loosely while we've been talking, but yes, I mean, I grew up poorly. A lot of stuff went wrong. I had very low expectations for anything. And there's actually part of me that thinks that helps when the chicken blew up. It did feel like it blew up by the way. It just went boom. And I was like, wow. Um, I just, I was like, huh? Okay. Like my bar is so low that I was just like, if I still get to eat this chicken, this day's still okay for me. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why we think everything's supposed to go right. That that's interesting to me. Like that feeling that that no matter what, no matter what we're involved in or who we're involved with or what the situation is that it's that it's supposed to be I don't know that I'm supposed to be living like I'm a professional athlete on Instagram. Like and if I'm not that everything's a mess. And and I just don't I I've seen it go back to I've brought this up on here before because it was so like impactful to me. Like one of the very first professional football players whose contract was made public took him from like beloved person to hated in a city. They, he had to leave because people found out he had, he was making $8 million that year. And, and it just, it ruined people. They were like, I can't be around this anymore. Like he, he doesn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this much money. Like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Somehow along the way it's turned into something different we're now like it's almost like we fetishize people the more money we make they make the more we like to hear about it and and i don't know if people hear that and think um oh that can be me one day and that's hopeful you know there's that saying about um the biggest the best thing about america and the worst thing about america is that everybody believes the american dream mm-hmm and, and and I wonder that about like forget America for a second like life like does everybody have a picture of perfection they think exists and they just have to find the way to it and then it's theirs and then so every time every day I wake up 
and I haven't ascended, it's because I made a mistake because the path is really there. Because the truth is the American dream is for whoever it works out for. It's not, it's not every, it's not everybody's and you didn't do it right. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not what it really means. You know, uh, uh, the American dream means that in America, (laughs) I'm putting quotes around this. I didn't want to, I don't don't mean to get political, but nothing is supposed to stop you from ascending. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to have a clear path to it. It doesn't mean that the man who I saw today while I was driving down the street, who looked up at every car and went, yo, as it drove by, he's not getting the dream. Erica, that's not happening for him. And I don't know why. I don't know what has happened to him. It seemed like he might have been mentally unstable. But that's not the point. The point is, is like there's no path for him to get to the dream. And I wonder if everybody doesn't just think it's there. They just haven't found it yet. And I, and I wonder if that translates back to health. Does everybody think they're if they just did everything right, they'd be 95 years old on the news smoking cigarettes, talking about how they've lived this long? You know what I mean? I think there's, there might be some people who think that. I think most most people have hope, you know, hope for, to for their dreams to come true. And so then what are and then everyone's dreams are different. But I think most people get up every day because they have some sort of hope and purpose. Hmm. Do they? Do they all realize their dreams? No, for all the various factors and variables of life. But I think most people have hope that they might. Um, but and then you said, do they have hope to that their life will be perfection? And I think what what is perfection look like for each person is different. Is perfection your bank account, your status, your your um, emotional and physical health, you know, what, what is perfection? Right. right? Um, But I think that sense of will, free will and freedom to make those choices is one of the, you know, blessings of our country. Um, What impedes that then going back to the, you know, our general question of, is it up to the control piece? Is it, is it in my own control? Is it, and then is it, if it is all in my control, then if, then if I make a mistake, then it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's, so if I have this dream and this hope to get there, but my mindset is that I, it's up to me to get there, then any mistake along the way, physical, emotional, mental, or otherwise is my fault if, if I'm ultimately in control. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's just a shame that that's not obviously not the truth. That's all. Like it would be, it would be nice if everybody could believe that they're doing their best and they'll, they'll get up as many steps as they can. And each one is a success. And it doesn't matter if you're the guy like who cleans the balls in the ball pit or, you know, at the McDonald's or if Uh you're, you know, whatever your idea of like making it is. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's the best for you. And that really is important. You know, like just doing the best you can for you. And there's no fault there then. I, I mean, I think that's what I'm saying earlier is that I don't have any expectations. Like I get up every day. I just do the best I can. I mean, I do have some basic rules. I do try to help people. Um, I try to, I try to treat people the way that I would like to be treated. 
I um well, I do treat people the way I would like to be treated. I try not to lie. Then I think that's a very important distinction because there are times when lying is important. And so like, you know, I try not to lie. I don't do it as a, a knee-jerk reaction, like just to make things easier or anything like that. But there are moments when I'm like, nobody benefits from this. It's just going to hurt somebody. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. out loud. Um, and that's it. But I mean, I honestly don't have any more rules than that. Just try not to lie and treat people the way you want to be treated. Uh, I mean, I would tell you about the podcast that I never imagined I would do something for a living that would help people and pay my bills and that I would enjoy. And that's a pretty big trifecta for me. And mm-hmm. so like, I don't sit around every day thinking like, well, what else can I squeeze out of this? Like, it just doesn't occur to me like that. I wanted to reach more people. And I know that if it reached more people, I would probably make more money, you know, and I would probably then be able to do other things. But if it just stayed like this, that would be a lot, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, like, why would I think of this as a as a failure? You know, and, and you know, it is interesting that financially, the way business works, especially here, you, you see it in the stock market all the time. Like, there's these companies who are like, they're doing fantastic, but they did a projection. They're like, we projected 16%, but we only grew 14%. And their stock falls because they're losers. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, (laughs) you know? And I, and I, it just feels like everybody has that pressure, almost like we've been commingled like human beings and entities and Mm -hmm. ideas. We're judging everything on the same level at this point, instead of just saying, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a compacted bunch of like dust and I'm, you know, somehow have the ability to think a little more than other things on the planet that are made out of dust. And we're just thinking too much sometimes about things that have no answers. I, I, I know, I know that's sound. I, I think that sometimes about therapy too. Like, like sometimes I'm like, just try not to care so much. Like it, it, it'll be, it doesn't matter, you know, like some things matter, but some things mm-hmm. don't. That's all. All right. Well, and <clears throat> When, the, when we're trying to find reasons or blame or fault, maybe there is, maybe there is blame or fault mm-hmm. that should be placed in certain situations. But when we get stuck there, it becomes problematic. So even if we can point to grandma and great grandpa and the lineage down to how our child now has type one, we, we have found we have, we have sort of a loose explanation and then we can practice grace, you know, to our ourselves and say, well, you know what, this is okay. I, I love the, the partner that I chose to have this child with, or, you know, however you have this child um, adopted or otherwise, now we have this child and they have diabetes and, I I know why, or I don't know why, but I'm just going to practice grace and love on myself. And I'm going to model that for my child and not point any fingers anymore at this point. The pointing fingers is it's forgiveness for forgiveness sake without having to say something needs to be forgiven. Like, so that's kind of the important part, right? Is just to Mm -hmm. say, no matter what may or may not have happened here, I, I, I forgive it. Like, like just that's grace, right? That's just like, 
let's just let it go and move uh-huh. forward. Or we'll get stuck here forever. And, you know, you'll live your whole life in your kitchen with your mom saying that those pants are too tight and you can't get past it then. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Right. Uh, I, I kept thinking forgiveness. Then you said grace. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, this is right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for- and, it, and it's hard to do if that hasn't been modeled for you. If your mom or dad or parent figure has not modeled that, it's hard. So that's why you might find yourself as a parent now not knowing how to do that. Can you practice on something small? I'm being serious. Like, could you pick mm-hmm. something that, could you just say, like, there's something in my life that I'm pissed off about. It really has no, like, I can see this has no impact on anything. And I'm just going to let it go. Like it's, they tell, what's the saying, right? You don't forgive people for them. You do it for yourself. Yeah. Right. You unburden yourself. That's right. Okay. And that's hard. It's And oftentimes I think we, we think that it's, it's just going to happen and it's a feeling that's going to come over us. And sometimes it, that happens, but most often forgiveness is a choice that you are making. And then the, the feeling hmm. comes later. But I think we we get we get stuck in that waiting. Well, I'm just going to wait till I feel like I want to forgive myself, or I feel like I want to forgive him for doing that. But often we have to we have to decide. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's hard. That's really hard to do, but it can be done. Okay, all right. That's that's what I'm up against then. All right, this is a good place to stop. I do want to say okay. something at the end though. Um, for I get to look at you while we're doing this, and. You are like one of my, like, you think like I do. And you and I don't, uh, let me get to it. You and I don't, like, you and I don't think the same. Our process is the same. Like, I watch you go into your head when you're talking. Mm -hmm. Uh It's interesting. Like, I think if I forced you to keep eye contact with me, you wouldn't be as clear. Like, you sort of, you sort of go away into your head Uh and you speak out of your heart. I don't know if that makes yes. sense or not. Yeah. And yeah. I do that too. Like, so when I'm talking, you see me like look away from you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that today, like you do the same thing. That's really interesting. Oh. <laughs> it's, 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 it's lovely because, because I don't, I never get the feeling that you are reaching into a bag of tricks and pulling out canned responses. Like you're, I, I, I'm a lot. I talk fast. I say things that don't seem connected to each other right away. And you're actually listening to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> and I can see you keeping mental notes in your head. Like I can see you go say this when it, when it go to this point when he's done talking. Uh-huh. And then like, I'm watching you. It's very impressive. Uh-huh. I'm just very impressed. Always. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, seriously. <laughs> thank you, Scott. No, people Thanks. should, people should see you for their therapy needs in what California. Hold on. Let me see if I know what's top uh-huh. my head. California, Washington state. No. No? Which ones? Oregon. Oregon. Utah. Utah. And Florida. Florida. Right now you can do those virtually. Yes, those four. At ericaforsyth.com. Yes, thank you. Do you do it in video? Will they get to see you like disappear into your head before you talk? (laughs) Yes, well, I mean, maybe they'll they'll, they'll be looking for that. (laughs) Oh my, I, I would love it. I Because I believe when I say something to you and you respond, I don't think... She's just saying what I want to hear. I don't think she's just saying what she canned thinks about this topic. Like I feel like we're having a really a real conversation, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's just it's just very important. And it doesn't always happen. I interview people. I mean, you and I are different. We talk a lot, right? And um, mm-hmm. but I interview people who are just there to say something, 
And they're just waiting for the spot in the conversation where they can get out their thought. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like that with you. It's very nice, actually. So, oh, I appreciate that, oh, Scott. I, I, I do, Thank too. Thank you. Actually, it's, it's, uh, what am I supposed to say when somebody thanks you? Oh, you're welcome. Right. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to be uh, evolved, too. you are oh you think so (laughs) yes every day (laughs) i'm not sure about that i'm trying my best and i think and i guess just to wrap it up for everybody you know if you can take it from me a person who's probably spoken to a thousand people who have diabetes or love somebody with diabetes it, it just this part you're stuck in is is not valuable and it's never going to lead anywhere like you are just spinning in circles. And if it if it takes you to make something up to forgive or to forgive a thing that you can't even put a face to just to get past it, I think you'd have a you'd have a lot more happiness um and a lot less anxiety. And I mean the amount of people that just keep coming on the show that describe themselves as anxious, it's it's never it feels never ending sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's really, really interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this. You're welcome. Thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, BetterHelp. You can get 10% off your first month of therapy with my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. If you've been thinking about speaking with someone, this is a great way to do it on your terms. Betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. You can get started today and every day with AG1 from Athletic Greens by going to athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Don't forget, you're going to get that free vitamin D and the travel packs with your first order. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. And check out Erica at ericaforsyfe.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.